Welcome to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast, where we explore faith, community, and social justice with Pastor Brendan Curran. Whether you're a longtime member of our congregation or a newcomer seeking spiritual guidance, this podcast offers a space for reflection, connection, and growth. Each episode, Pastor Brendan will share his insights on scripture, offer prayers for our community, and engage in meaningful conversations with guests who are making a difference in the world. From local activists to global leaders, we'll hear inspiring stories of compassion, courage, and hope that challenge us to live out our faith in tangible ways. So whether you're listening during your morning commute or while you're taking a quiet moment at home, we invite you to join us on this journey of faith and transformation. Welcome to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast. Well, welcome to the very first edition of Forest Grove UCC podcast. I'm here with Pastor Brendan, and we're going to talk about deconstruction circles today. So, Brendan, what's a deconstruction circle? Well, I I also want to just welcome us in uh, during this season of Lent when we're all making time to tend to our spirit. It's a contemplative season in the church calendar year, so I hope we're all taking time for ourselves in the in the moments when we can find to, to do that in, in our busy lives, take a, a moment to have a little bit of extra quiet, a little bit of extra space to allow uh, our inner light to shine. We're talking about the inner light during Lent this, this year. And you asked what deconstruction is. Uh, in recent years, mental health professionals have underlined the way the religious experience can sometimes create trauma, often from faith environments where questioning was either discouraged or not allowed. Uh, many people coming out of these kinds of environments are involved in a process that's come to be popularly, popularly known as deconstruction. And I have a brilliant colleague, uh, Lori Kimmerly. She's a feminist theologian. And she defines, and she's involved in a deconstruction process herself. She is coming out of a very patriarchal and fundamentalist background. And she defines deconstruction as the radical search for the foundation of truth within one's faith. A deep dive into the questions, what do I really believe and why do I believe it? And as a UCC pastor who served in UCC churches, I grew up exposed as a culturally Irish Catholic person. I certainly had a a heavy dose of Catholicism. But also, my folks took us to a UCC church, so I also was, I've been in UCC churches my my whole life, and so from growing up UCC, and also being in ministry in, in UCC churches, I'm always a little bit surprised uh, to hear that there are environments where uh, questioning was not allowed or discouraged, because in a church tradition like the United Church of Christ, faith is all about inquiry and mystery and opening our minds to greater possibility rather than limiting our imagination or our intellect. Faith community done well. I think 
there's religion as institution, and then there's religion as community. And religion as community has this uh, this opportunity to be a, a space and a place where we can come together across all different kinds of differences and really explore life's deep questions and be in a place of inquiry and finding meaning-making together through the exploration of sacred story, through the exploration of tradition, uh, through listening to each other, through uh, listening to um, the indwelling spirit, uh, the indwelling presence of God. What in um, uh, the Quaker tradition uh, is called the inner light, and that's the kind of the concept that we're exploring during this season of Lent when we kind of care for our inner spirit and tend to our spirit. But I, I, I say all that because uh, I, my hope, certainly as a pastor, is that faith community can be that place where we, where we question. Because it's impossible to really have an experience of spirit or transcendent love or compassion, or all these greater truths that our faith points to, if we don't allow ourselves to wonder, to feel and touch the, the mystery within ourselves, and see that in, in others as well, and, and be in that place of openness. And so, uh, I'm glad that we're having this kind of conversation today, yes. towards that <laughs> end. <laughs> and do you think um, this kind of having that attitude positions uh, the UCC churches in general um, to be good places for something like uh, these circles that, that we're starting? It's my opinion that the UCC, the UCC considers itself, oftentimes it, the United Church of Christ calls itself a church of many firsts. Uh, you know, the church calls itself you know, the denomination. We're descendant of the New England Congregationalists. And so as far as a Christian denomination on Turtle Island goes, we've been here a very long time before right. <laughs> a lot of the other denominations. And so I think in many ways, the people who founded the what, be, what has become the United Church of Christ uh, made a lot of the mistakes first. And so therefore moved on to more broad-minded, enlightened choices first as well. So, for instance, uh, the United Church of Christ talks about how they were the first to ordain an openly gay person, the first to ordain a woman, the first to ordain an African-American person during times when churches were even more extremely segregated than they are now. I think it's also important to remember that the United Church of Christ, the founders, the people who founded the churches were also the first to institute slavery on this continent, the first to, they were the first abolitionists, but it was also because they set up the institution that many of them late, later went against. Sure. And, uh, you know, the first to have the witch trials, the first to... So, so not all positive first. Yes, not all positive first, but I think that the congregational polity allows for a free thinking, allowed for a free thinking uh, environment uh, where the, um, the individual had a lot of agency to interpret the Bible, to, to ask questions, and to make decisions democratically. So I think that our church spaces, I mean, that 
over the years, it created churches where we say things like, no matter who you are, where you are in life's journey, you're welcome here. And at our church, we say, uh, the light of Christ in us sees and celebrates the light of Christ in you. And so we are learning, we are grounded in, in Christian tradition and Christian scripture and wisdom. But uh, rather than having a dogmatic approach, we approach it as wisdom. And when we approach our faith tradition as wisdom, it, it allows us and, and opens our minds to the privilege of learning from other faith traditions, learning from people who have no faith, learning uh, in a variety of ways, because we see our our scriptures and our, our practices and the things that we do as a faith community as pointing to a greater truth, not the truth in and of itself. I often say that fundamentalists, uh, they're not worshiping God, they worship the Bible. Right. But the Bible points to God. And God is um, that greater being, that greater love embodied in you and me and everybody. Right. And so... Uh, when, we're, when we approach religion as institution, it separates and divides. When we approach religion as wisdom and community, it has um, the capacity to enrich our lives and bring us together in, in deeper and more profound ways, I think. How we carry ourselves, and because that's our history, I do think that the UCC is equipped to provide meaningful processing space sure. for people involved in a deconstruction process okay. because we were in many ways the whole congregational tradition and the United Church of Christ tradition, the approach to faith, is engaging those questions that uh, my colleague Lori Kimmerly mentioned, what do I believe and why do I believe it? Gotcha. Those aren't questions that we discourage in UCC church spaces. We consider those questions the very questions that we come together to address as right. a community and talk about on Sunday. <laughs> and, you know, not one person thinks or believes the same way, and, and certainly in, in, in this congregation. It's very true, very true. And uh, it leads to a, uh, a really enriching environment. And Agreed. also I think that, like I said, I think it equips us in maybe uh, creating a nurturing space for the broader community to uh, engage these questions too. Uh, not everybody especially we talked about religious trauma, not everybody's ready or wants to come to church, but they might still want community. I mean, a lot of people with religious trauma have had such bad experiences of religion and church that they, they're not interested, they don't feel comfortable for a lot of really good reasons Correct. to come to Sunday morning. And yet, having connection with others, uh, having space to process one's experience and find support in that, and really consider what is meaningful in terms of truth and meaning uh, and uh, spirituality or just conviction. Right. Uh, I think that we're in a unique position to uh, encourage the formation of that space and nurture that kind of space. Excellent. Excellent. And 
uh, like I mentioned earlier, you you actually had a recent experience um, with a retreat that did a lot of these kind of exercises that a deconstruction circle would do, correct? Well, I'm part of a program called the Next Generation Leadership Initiative. Uh, the Next Generation Leadership Initiative is a transformational leadership program administered by the UCC Pension Boards, and it's a six-year program. For the first four years, uh, I'm I was sent away with a group of other clergy for uh, two weeks of professional development every year, and they had organized very enriching conferences and speakers for us to listen to and learn from. In the last two years, we are given those two weeks and offered financial support to develop a creative ministry on our own, an enrichment program in our own respective contexts. Oh, okay. So this year, I forged a partnership with a group called the Center for Theater and Pedagogy of the Oppressed to learn a group, uh, to learn a, a set of applied theater techniques that I think could be so powerful in enriching the deconstruction circles that we're going to be offering. The Theater of the Oppressed is rooted in Frarian pedagogy, big ten-cent words there. Uh, uh, Paulo Freire was an educational philosopher who critiqued what he called the banking system of education in his book, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And the banking system of education is, you know, proscenium-style education where we've got the sage on the stage spouting stuff, yes. and then everybody listening is supposed to take that in and regurgitate it back. He imagined a learning process that affirmed that the, the wisdom that we have to learn from is within everybody, is within the collective. So the role of the teacher is more like a facilitator to mine out, bring that wisdom out of the collective. And so create kind of a community a, again. Exactly, and create uh, a learning environment where every voice can be heard and where we can all learn together. That was Freire's idea. Augusto Boal was a philosopher of the theater who developed a set of embodied techniques. It's called theater of the oppressed. It's not theater in the conventional performative sense, because again, that's the stage presenting something to an audience. He more used theater tools to uh, apply in a community context to use theater tools for community storytelling and problem solving. So through a series of the facilitation techniques and group story sharing process offered by the Center for Theater and Pedagogy of the Oppressed, uh, really help create a profound opportunity for this collective sharing of wisdom, community storytelling, and, and problem solving, as I said. Uh, it really offers a way of bringing joy to the work of addressing otherwise difficult topics and bringing people together in, in mutually supportive and empowering connection and growth. So, so, for example, the community will come together to explore a problem that someone might be having in the community. And the facilitator works with the protagonist to construct a scene where they were confronting a particular instance of oppression or a problem that they're dealing with. And then once the little, the small picture of what happened is created, uh, 
the rest of the community has an opportunity to step into and out of the role of the protagonist to rehearse together different ways of confronting an oppression or a problem. And that's forum theater. That's an example of a technique in theater of the oppressed. Yeah. Another technique is called cop in the head. It has a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> And cop in the head is a practice that prepares participants to uh, confront social control. And, you know, speaking of folks with religious trauma, I've, as a, in ministry I've heard so many people's stories. A lot of people coming out of fundamentalist contexts are feel stuck in those contexts because they're afraid of losing their whole community. These are places and spaces where if one questions, one runs the risk of losing their family, and everything that is familiar to them, and all of their structures of support. And so I feel like the, the tools offered in uh, Theater of the Oppressed, which the founder of Theater of the Oppressed, Augusto Boal, actually described as a martial art. <laughs> uh, he, oh, des interesting. He, he described the, the tools of Theater of the Oppressed as a martial art. And actually, um, Gene Sharp, who uh, is another scholar who spent his life documenting um, different tools of nonviolent, strategic nonviolent resistance. He composed a list of a hundred different nonviolent resistance strategies, and Theater of the Oppressed was actually one of those strategies. Uh, Interesting. It was used in the 70s in the favelas in Brazil to organize against the dictatorship in Brazil at the time. Oh, okay. And it can be applied in a number of ways, of course. I feel like it would particularly enrich uh, the experience uh, or offer a meaningful process for people actively engaged in deconstruction to uh, create ne a network of mutual support in unpacking n negative experiences sure. of religious trauma and imagining, also imagining a better way of finding meaning, a better way of being in uh, community, in, yeah. spir in, sp in spiritual community, or just, or just loving community. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I was going to mention about, uh, so forum theater is a tool that uh, creates a way of confronting a problem when the problem is outside oneself. Sure. Cop in the head is about addressing what's called, uh, in theater, the oppressed internalized depression. So internalized depression is when you want to get from point A to point B, but because of the limiting voices that you've internalized based on uh, oppressive experiences, you can't get yourself to do it. Sure. So, cop in the head is a practice that prepares participants to confront this that kind of social control. In a workshop, participants explore experiences of internalized depression through the explorations of stories that feel like, look like, and sound like a lack of resolution, confusion, and or an inability to take action that would bring about the possibility of getting what an individual or a targeted group uh, needs and wants to, to manifest. In the process, you know, quote, cops uh, <laughs> serve as the metaphor for internal blocks that appear as repetitive, self-destructive patterns informed by external messages of uh, oppression that have been brought inside. 
and this, uh, this internalized control manifests as silencing, freezing, and blinding uh, the person dealing with oppression from seeing and acknowledging self-empowerment and self-love, both individually and communally, and from uprooting all those destructive, invisible, disempowering voices that get barracked up in the mind. Right. So um, uh, I've, I've done, for instance, uh, Cop in the Head workshops with LGBTQ community mm-hmm. uh, members. And so an example of forum theater, you might uh, explore a scene and give people an opportunity to confront an illustration of maybe name-calling that an LGBTQ person might have experienced for dressing a certain way, for presenting or expressing in a particular way. And you would address that using forum, perhaps. Whereas uh, a cop in the head workshop might deal with, uh, you know, after having a negative experience like that, the protagonist has said, well, gosh, I shouldn't present in a particular way, or I I shouldn't express myself in this way or dress this way because this bad thing will happen to me. And the the cop in the head workshop addresses that. But these are all very powerful tools and processes for having just, you know, a group dialogue process that's more engaging and more effective and more healing, really, than just you know, sitting around in a circle and talking. Right. We really get to, it provides a way of not only learning from each other, but really imagining solutions to the things that hold us back from really being um, a beloved beloved community, a community of justice and love. Yeah, and really Uh, role-playing those with each other in a sense. Yes, yeah. No, the the founder of the Theater of the Oppressed, uh, said theater of the oppressed is a way of performing the actions that lead to our collective liberation. And of course, uh, this these circles are offered both for the congregation as well as the extended community, but speaking from my own standpoint as uh, a Christian minister, the creation and embodiment of collective liberation and the building of a community centered in justice, inclusivity, and radical love and compassion, that is, you know, what Jesus called us to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, really excited to be coming back. I'm, uh, I'm excited uh, about the, the opportunity that we're trying to live into to create a nurturing space for people involved in a, a deconstruction. And um, I really am excited about the possibility of bringing these tools into that work. That's, that's great. Now, if, if I were uh, to be more interested or wanted to find out more information about these deconstruction circles, how would I go about doing that? You could look at the Forest Grove United Church of Christ Instagram page, or also the FG, uh, the Forest Grove United Church of Christ website, which is fgucc.org. Uh, that would be a great place to start. Or you could contact uh, the church office. Okay. And you can also get the number for the church office at fgucc.org, and I'd be happy to have a conversation with you with with anyone who might be interested in learning more, or if if this podcast provoked some questions or insights, I'd love to be in dialogue with whoever you are who's listening. (laughs) You know, you don't have to know about or be familiar with the term deconstruction 
to to join us if if you want to uh, be in an, in, an, in an environment where we are exploring the questions men mentioned uh, and be in an environment of mutual support around the kind of subject matter that we talked about today, you are most welcome. And All are welcome. I don't have to go to Forest Grove United Church of Christ to go to these, right? I could be any. I could even go to a different church potentially. Is that true? Absolutely. Uh, actually, in the... Uh, in our here at Forest Grove UCC, we've been having a lot of conversations about under, understanding ourselves as a movement for justice and love that is even bigger and broader than you know what the formal members of this church do as we gather together on on Sunday morning. We are called to be builders of of that community, and that includes uh, the community at large. That includes people who don't think or believe or see things in exactly the way that we do. Excellent. And so uh, if, if you're interested in building that beloved community, uh, we want to we we be your friends and your neighbors. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> do you have any closing uh, comments you want to make on the deconstruction circles? I think we've said it all. Uh, I hope uh, I hope everyone has a beautiful day and has an opportunity to have a moment of stillness and uh, let their inner light shine today. Excellent. Well, thank you, uh, everyone, for joining us today. We will hopefully have more of these, and I will le leave all the links in the description below uh, to where you can find out more about deconstruction circles or get a hold of Pastor Brendan. And with that, we'll wish you all a good day. Join us for Deconstruction Circles on March 19th and April 16th from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Forest Grove United Church of Christ. These interactive sessions provide a safe and welcoming space to explore the process of deconstruction in our faith and spirituality. All are welcome to attend and participate in this meaningful conversation. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you again for tuning in to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast. We hope this episode has inspired and enriched your faith journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast and leaving a review. Your support helps us continue to create content that is meaningful and relevant to our community. Until next time, may you be blessed and guided on your spiritual path. For more information, visit us on our website, www.fgucc.org, or look us up on Facebook or Instagram.